0: Come on, Scout. Let's head on up to the porch and see what Mama's doing. Hey guys, this is uh, Gary with your Paranormal Porch Podcast coming at you with my pilot episode. With to me, one of the most exciting podcasts I've done a few of these so far, but this is I've been waiting on this one for a while, and it for it being my pilot episode of my my own podcast. I'm so excited. We have Mister Randy Arrington on a kind of a celebrity in my books and, and in my friends' books. We've I've been following his career for a little while. But this guy has, if it's been done in the Bigfoot world, he's about done it. And if it's been found, he's about found it. Some of the evidence this guy has is f- amazing. I have to, I'm, before I go any further, folks, I do want to tell you that I'm so excited I might slip a little bit and cuss a little bit in this uh this episode and i apologize for it prior but randy how you doing today
1: man
2: i'm good and uh, just let your listeners know i might cuss too just in response to your cussing
0: (laughs) what we were we're definitely not a uh a a p we're probably a pg-13 but uh guys i'm on a most podcasters uh Ask them to give their own bio. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell a little bit about this guy. He started Bigfoot, and then we'll get into a little bit more in depth, in 2003, real serious. But he has some prior reasons that got him into it. But he has done multiple podcasts with Wes from Sasquatch Chronicles. Great guy. I like the – both of them. I'm talking about both of them now, but Wes mainly. I've followed uh, Wes's uh, podcast since I've uh, been – Bigfooting, seriously. Uh, great show. Uh, Randy has also done uh, episodes, multiple episodes on TV, with uh, more popular on the just, travel channel, Monster Quest, and The Legend of the Ozarks. He has also volunteered, and this I just found out about this. Me and Randy's been talking for a couple of days now. We've actually messaged each other on Facebook for a while, but he also volunteered for the, correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, for the Falcon Project in Washington, D.C., right?
2: That is true.
0: That, uh, guys, this guy brings it. If you ever follow his. Facebook and some of the and listen to some of the episodes, and I'll let him get in some of the episodes that he was on. This guy brings it to the table when he comes, and in saying that, I'm gonna give the microphone to him and let him go with it because this show is not about me, it's about you Randy and Randy I wanted to if you can start i I'd really like you to talk about that you know that book you read and the statement that you made because that right. really right. leads into to what you stand for now with your evidence for... So take her away, Randy. Appreciate having you here.
2: Well, I appreciate everything you're saying, Gary. And, uh, you know, it's true. We we've known each other on Facebook for quite a few years now. So, so we're not, uh, we're not strangers to each other's work, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it all started for me in, in seventh grade. I think it was 1980, some, something like that. Cause I graduated in 84. So it was probably 79 or 80, but, uh, Roger Patterson's book was actually in my school library, and I was a voracious reader in in my school days. I mean, I, I would get the fifty books a year award, where I'd read fifty books throughout the year. I mean, I would take a book home and I'd read it, and then go back the next day with it done. He's <laughs> like uh, me. <laughs> so, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah. So, anyway, so so I. I got a hold of Roger Patterson's book, and it's the Dubomital Soul Men of America really exist. And I read it, and I was just as a young boy in seventh grade. I, I think you're probably thirteen, maybe years old. But uh, I was just blown away. I, I read it probably several times, and I just couldn't believe that these things can can be in our woods. I was like, There's, I absolutely believed it to be true when I read oh, the book yeah. because. The, he would tell stories, and he would tell what people saw and, and what they would report as a matter of fact. And so that's the way I read it. And, and so I walked away with that book being the holy grail of information, of, 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 of lighting the fire for me uh, in the beginning. And, you know, and there was a dedication in the book, uh, and I'll, I've got it pulled up right now, and I'll read it. To the young at heart who seldom say impossible, to the adventurer who doesn't stop at the foothills, but penetrates deep into the forest to the individualist who has enough fortitude to stand up for what he thinks is right and to all of those who seek the truth no matter what the cost. And that last sentence has always been my mantra. I, 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 I just seek the truth when it comes to these things. Because as you know, there's a lot of, you're going to get a lot of people going Topsy-turvy and left and right with with what their opinions are, mm-hmm. but really their opinions don't their opinions don't don't amount to much. But it's just what they think, and that's never a, a, a good uh, a good piece of evidence. So you better just let the facts and the evidence tell you what these things are and what they're doing and how they behave, because what you think they are is
0: different from the facts. Of course, yes. That those words that you uh, that you uh, you know read from Bob and and especially with his lifestyle, you know, being the rodeo star, him and Roger, both, uh, those words are prolific to anybody that sp- spends a lot of time outdoors and anybody that I mean, you can't if you live the lifestyle that you have lived, Randy, which is pretty. Pretty crazy with being the firefighter and and doing the things that you've done and then carrying it on now with, you know, searching for the great man of the force that I like to call him. Those words are very prolific to most of us because you literally, that's what draws you out there is the Bigfoot. And draws you even farther because you have to go farther. Well, I thought until you corrected me yesterday on some of it. But uh, sometimes they're not as far out there as they want to be. You want them to be.
2: That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But but uh, it still doesn't take away from when you're way down in in the mountains or you know in the in the tiny woods or wherever. The deeper the deeper you go, and you start to have some activity, then if you revert back to those. Those words, and uh, you really do have to push yourself off the the beaten path, especially from from the paved roads uh, to get to some of these locations. And it's always a nice thing. Uh, You better be comfortable with yourself. I mean, a lot of people go out with other people and, and a lot of gentlemen like yourself go out with your wife and they're your best partners. But, and I've tried to take my wife. There's been a couple times I've taken her and enough has happened where she decided she doesn't want any more of that action. <laughs> and, uh, I've even taken my two daughters in the past. They're 28 and 27, 20, 28 and 29 now. But when they were 14 and 15, I took them down to the Kai and we had some things happen very close, a very close tree knocking incident. And that was the last time they went out also. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, my family is testosterone challenged. It's just me being the only male <laughs> so so that that means a lot of times I'm by myself and, and and I got to where I finally preferred it that way because I would get so much activity when I was by myself and uh, that's so what I, was I don't know thinking. if these things, I don't know if these things can count or not, but I do notice when I'm with large groups of people, the activity has lessened because I think they struggle with keeping track of everybody and, and they are a very timid creature. Uh, and so, so it it makes them nervous if there's a bunch of people that they got to keep track of, especially groups of two or three are walking out with flashlights and then another group of two or three goes somewhere else. And these things have to constantly be retreating away from groups of people walking around. So, so I try to keep it simple. I try to keep it simple for the, for the, for the subjects that we're trying to study. And in order to keep it simple, you have to keep it with less people and you got to keep it condensed into an area that they can count on you staying in that area uh, so that they can do what they do, which is basically just be
1: curious about it.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I've I've made the mistake myself of going out with large groups and never had you know I've, we've had activity and vocals away from us but nothing you know nothing as close as like if it's just me and the wife or me by myself it seems like that they and, and another thing we discussed yesterday and you kind of hit on was uh, these things like to have the advantage and and I think that you should give them every bit of the advantage I always give them a way out because if they don't have a way out. I think that's when they get to the point. It's like that with any predator uh, or any animal. If you if you corner them up, they have a tendency to get a little bit ornery with you.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I've had to change my thinking so much from the beginning. You know, the fear that I had that first time when I saw the two, uh, and and in my thought processes were, look at that. Oh my God, this thing that's a gorilla. That is, that is something that likens to a gorilla right here in a campsite. And, and, but that was a long time ago. And, and I've had so many things happen since then that tells me that these are incredibly sentient beings that, that know that their actions have consequences mm-hmm. when it comes to us. They, they seem to care for their families. Uh, they're amazing. I, I think that it, that, that more than likely they would, they're like a wild person. I agree. Uh, if you were to take, if you were to take you or me and, and, and drop us off in the woods and have us raised in the woods with no formal education, no education that teaches us what language is, what our language is and how to spell and write, if we, but we still had our brain, a human brain, I think a wild person that grew up without any Schooling mm-hmm. would it would be like what we're encountering out there when it comes to these these creatures. I, I I think they are very much along the lines of a of a wild person who has evolved alongside of us. Of course, of course, you go back far enough, a million, a couple million years, and when things started branching off into different uh, ape, you know, the gibbons and the orangutans and the gorillas and the pongids and the, you know, there, there's so many different types of monkeys and and apes, but at one point, they go far enough back, and at one point, it merges into one, you know, far enough back as an ancestor, and at some point, they just branched off alongside of us, and whether whether it be Neanderthal or uh, whatever type of uh, people, the beginnings of people was, at some point, one of those lineages turned into a Bigfoot, and they have continued to evolve alongside of us, just on the outskirts of our communities, but the same intelligence—that's that's crazy. To, I'm sorry. I,
0: I was saying absolutely. I totally agree with you. That that I couldn't put it no better myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so here you are. Here here we are. You know, uh, me and Sh- my my buddy Shane Carpenter, who who I've been doing a lot with for the last couple of years, and. And, and he's a great guy. We were just having a discussion last time we were out talking about these things, and you know, and 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 their behavior, and just how, you know, how how, like when the rocks get thrown at us at night, and we're trying to, we're, I'm always trying to to outthink them. I'm always trying to think now, what does this mean to them? What are what are they trying to do? And I, I just had an epiphany because I thought to myself. Here we are in the tent and it's almost like they wait till you get in the tent and all of a sudden the rocks start getting thrown like crazy all night Mm -hmm. long. And so the next day we're having a discussion about it and I'm like, well, think of it from their point of view. They don't understand why we sleep at night and, and, and they sleep during the day. I don't think because they don't have the education that, but they are smart. They just know that we look like them except for the hair and, and they are curious about us. So when we get into the tent at ten o'clock at night or eleven o'clock at night or at midnight, that's the peak of their being awake.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: maybe they can maybe they can't understand why a, a respectable hominid has to go in and go to sleep when they should be up so they could see us. And so they start throwing rocks at us to get back up. <laughs>
0: I've never heard it put that way, but that you know that 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 could be a good point, uh, Randy. I wanted to uh, touch base back on you had mentioned the, where you seen the two of them. Was that your first encounter?
2: Uh, no, my first encounter, even though I didn't see it with my own eyes, was in 2005. It was the Ridge Walker video that you can often find it on you know, okay. on YouTube somewhere if you look it up. Uh, but that was uh, the first encounter that happened just feet of, you know, a hundred yards away from where we were when we discovered it on the video that we were going through later. Yeah. So, so I would say that was my first encounter, even though I didn't see it with my own eyes, but it happened while I was there.
0: Cool, and, and folks, I, I will. We're doing this in a podcast format, but it will also be in a video format on YouTube. And with Randy's permission, I will post that in that way. I will post it, and when he's talking about it, we'll actually pull that pull that video up, and you'll be able to see it. And we'll also put links to it on his pages at the bottom of the deal. But uh, uh so that was your first your first actual uh, uh sighting there
2: yeah you know and 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 we can go into the details of that because what happened really the everything everything that led up to that point was was a significant thing because i told you earlier that uh, i had my wife and two daughters out down in the time mountains Mm -hmm. and we were actually we were actually on the northwest side of hone on a logging road and uh what happened that night is I told them, I said, I've got a plan. We had two four-wheelers, and we were all loaded up on four-wheelers. And I said, here's the plan. I said, let's go out onto a logging road anywhere. And I've learned that you can just go anywhere, and given enough time, you can get some action if, if, they, if they hear you. So we are on a logging road northwest of Honolby, and uh, we made a fire. And, and we just sat there, and I let them make s'mores. It's like ten o'clock at night, eleven o'clock at night. it was really dark and mm. getting darker as 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 the sun dropped. and uh, so we were there, and I had a fourteen and fifteen year old daughter and my wife, and they were making smores and they had a campfire, and they were just talking and giggling and jibber jabbering exactly the way I'd wanted it to be to where they were becoming an attractive and they yeah. didn't even really know it. Uh, but uh, I was just setting up the hill above them with my back to a pine tree, and I told them, uh, I said, hey, I said, I'm going to do a tree knock. And they're like, okay. I don't think that they fully had bought into it at that point, bought into what I was doing. But uh, so I I smoothed out a spot on the tree, and I found a spot that was nice and hard that was missing some bark, and I hit it with my stick, and I, I, I went crack, like you, know, like you would hit with a bat. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they stop, and I'm stopping. And we're just listening, and I promise you, it wasn't five seconds. Just, I mean, three to five seconds straight down the hill from them. As it got even darker down in this ravine, we got a responding tree knot that it it had to have been at least only fifty fifty yards away. It was so close. Wow! And it was a pop just down the hill from us. And you talk about immediate chaos. Oh, I bet. See, my, my wife about flipped her lid and <laughs> jumped on the four-wheeler and my other daughter jumped on. I was trying to put the fire out and, and the other daughter, poor girl was having to wait for me because I wasn't leaving <laughs> until I got the fire out. And they had, my wife and the first daughter had already took off down the logging road to get back to the cabin. And, uh, so I eventually was having. To, when we got out on the road, I, I mean, I was going full blast and could barely catch up with my wife. And I eventually caught up with and I said, "You need to slow down." I said, "You're, you're, you're being too dangerous." And 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 when we finally got away from that area and got her to calm her nerves down, and we got back to the cabin and we talked about it, they were like, well. "I said, I, I said we should have just stayed a minute or so and, find, and see what else happened." And but they weren't having none of that. Uh, but like I said, so, so it was because of that incident that me and my friend later that fall was down there and we were going to go to where me and my wife and daughters had that tree knocking incident. Mm-hmm. But it had rained, but it had rained and so it was pretty muddy. That, that logging road in that area was kind of lower down the mountain. So it was kind of muddy and really cruddy. So we were at a loss as, as where to go. And so I said, "Well, I said we need to find somewhere high up on the mountain. I said so it's not so wet and mucky. So we 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 thought about the Humphreys cabin, and we always knew where that was. Yeah. And we knew that, and we knew from the Humphreys' stories that they were coming down from the west side of the road, uh, or from the yeah from the south side of the road, uh, the, 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 the mountain ridge just across that one. Across the highway. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah." Right. And, and there were some dumpsters there that I'd heard a few stories about. Yep, so I, famous I told my friend, I said, I said, so why don't we just go up there, find somewhere up on that ridge behind the dumpsters? I said, because we have got enough stories that they're coming in from that area and they're coming down to the dumpsters on occasion. So a couple of ridges back beyond those dumpsters, we found a spot and, uh, that's where we set up our camp and that's where we got the Ridge Walker video. Uh, so. How, how far from the dumpsters was you? I I would say less than a mile, way less than oh, a mile so. as a crow flight.
0: So you went you went to up the that that two I call it a two track the logging road that runs south of the dumpsters. Then
2: no, it's actually the next one down the highway. You okay, go down okay. the highway and yeah, you, that but, cuts. But back, they so. but they still all they still all connect.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they look like a road.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, but but it's the second ridge beyond that.
0: Okay, that we, that so the farther off. one out. Okay. Uh,
2: Yeah. And so that's where we actually caught the Ridge Walker video. Now, when we, when we caught that, uh, we had set the camera up behind the tent facing uphill. And my partner there, he told me, he said, he said, they're more than likely going to come in with, you know, to our backs and, you know, downwind and all of these kind of things. And I was pretty green at the time. So I was just following instructions, but I was the guy doing the tree knocks. You're going to hear some tree knocks in the video. And uh, so I was hitting this tree about every three to five minutes. I was just doing single knocks. I wasn't doing multiple knocks. But I was also doing batting practice where I'd pick up a rock and I, because we were right at the precipice of this ravine. And I thought, man, anything down in this ravine is going to be able to hear us so easily. And so I would just be doing batting practice with my stick and I'd throw up a a rock and, and whack it. And and that's just as loud as hitting a tree. I mean, oh, I yeah. Was hitting some home, well, I was hitting some home runs with some of those rocks. And uh, so I was doing that for hours and then, you know, hitting the tree and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'd like to say that's what brought it in. But I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that it probably hurt us and walked a long ways because it hurt us. And then when it crept up over the top of that hill and saw us, he was probably like, oh, you, you turds you know, because he realizes we were people and not yeah. Bigfoot. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so at least that's my take on, on what happened there. <laughs> but those are all the things that got us to that spot. And, and the things that we were doing prior to the video happening, because we had seven hours of video. We just, from about two o'clock in the afternoon, we just started filming and we let it film till dark. And it was just a little 11 second clip yeah. out of a eight hour video that we caught it. So, so yeah, so and it's, it's, like it's, you it's said, you've got
0: to be looking to catch it. But once you catch it, it is—it's it, impressive. I mean, it's like wow. Uh, in in saying that, uh, I know we was going to get on some other stuff. But could you kind of tell how to explain that video when people see it? Because I know people's going to ask these questions. Uh, tell like you was telling me about where it was positioned and what elevation, and about the the angle of the oh. hill behind it, or in front oh of it. yeah,
2: well. There, there was a road just above us, the logging road, and we were on the downhill side, and just past the road where this creature walked is where it crested. But it just crested on the other side of the road with a really gentle slope. It wasn't very steep at all. But even though it, if it went back another 50 yards, then it took a really steep drop. And, uh, so this creature looks like it came, came from left to right, but, uh, it looked like it was, you know, at least kind of looking down in our direction, you know, to see what we were doing or see who we were or whatever. And, and then when I did my second knock, he came back and re it's like, he retraced his steps exactly and covered the same area. Like he came back just to have a second look like maybe, maybe his eyes didn't tell him what he thought he was seeing. Like, like I didn't think I see, now I got to go again because I didn't, you know, know, who who knows what he was thinking.
1: You know, in saying that, I remember
0: him coming back coming back yeah. across huh that's right. now how uh, uh was w- when oh that's right y'all didn't did y'all go back to that area after it happened and actually went down to
2: oh man we uh well you know of course we, I've, I've been to that area a million times since then well we, what we i was wondering you it.
0: think you could uh, did you go back and try to retrace its steps to see maybe how tall it was
2: well, you know, we we tried our best, but uh, you know, it's it's hard to know how far over the crest it was. Yeah. We could tell that it was beyond the crest, but you don't know how much. Uh, so you don't know exactly which trees it crossed, yeah, or crossed in I, front of, I or behind. And the way the way his silhouette looked, he could have been in front of the tree and not behind the tree. Yeah. There's just no way to tell.
0: And with it being uh, with the angle of the slope like that, and the farther back he could have been taller, or if he was up closer, he could have been shorter too. So.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and from now what we know about their behavior, their tendency is to be just enough on the other side of of a ridge line so that if they need to drop to get out of sight that they can. So we know that he was, he was beyond the crest of the hill. We just don't know how much, Yeah. but I do, I do have some evidence of where he may have walked or probably walked in the fact that later I placed a game cam. I was like, I always thought about the Hmm. trajectory of his path that he took. And I, I thought, well, I'm going to put a game cam up there, because if a creature, who knows how many times since then, they may have walked the same path to look mm-hmm. down at our campsite, and we just never knew it. I said, so so if we were able to film it once, and, and and they think that they're not being discovered, then why wouldn't they use the same trajectory again and again and again, as long as it works for them? Yeah. So. I took, so I took a game camera, and I, I placed it up there on the back side of a tree away from our campsite, which would make anything walking by the tree get caught. Uh, and I did catch something, and, and I put the camera about seven foot up on the tree, so I didn't want to catch any deer heads or deer horns or deer ears. So I put it about seven foot up. I had to reach up to, to get it, and I got two pictures. Two pictures, and I sent them to you, so you mm-hmm. can, you can share those with your viewers. Oh, cool, uh, thank was you. Was hair something walked by, and you you get, and you can see the flow of hair that looks like possibly a shoulder, and and then the second picture was a leather, a dark tanned leathery skin mm-hmm. hand covering the lens, where you can actually see the fold in the skin of the finger and the palm of the hand. So. That's two pictures we got in that location, which tells me what I thought about it, at least at that instant, was correct. Yes. Unless it was a total, unless it was a total fluke that another one came in that exact spot, then, then, then what we're guessing is if they walk over a ridge and can look down and see what's going on and you see them do it once, there's a good chance that they will do it again as long as they don't think they're discovered. That's, that's the key. So, so yeah, so, so we can use that information against them, yeah. uh, you know, for, 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 to, to get better things, better, you know, better possibilities. But, but man, it, they're so far and few and in between, you, you really have to be paying attention to the details. And I think that that's always been afforded me because of my training at the fire department, especially the night when I saw the two in my campsite, you know, the, the kind of details that I was able to, to ascertain from that whole encounter was basically from my training at the fire department because you know all the, you know you have got to learn how to calm yourself down oh, in, in yeah. some pretty stressful situations, and I, and I got to tell you even with the kind of training that in in live fires and things like mm-hmm. that which is really stressful, still never the kind of stress that I had that night. It's it's amazing that the kind of sh- the kind of rapture that your body is going to go through when you see one up close and, (laughs) and, and and you are in complete panic mode. I don't care what you think you're going to do or what you say you're going to do or what you plan on doing. When, when the moment comes, you're just going to do whatever your body thinks is the appropriate thing to do in the fight or flight situation.
0: That is absolutely correct. Now, did that happen here in Oklahoma or was that up North this next one?
2: Well, that, that, that was the uh, Chickasaw Parking County.
0: Okay. Yes. Let's re- so that was prior to the uh, that was after
2: that that happened after the 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 video the, oh, okay. the Ridgewalker video.
0: Okay. Uh, in saying that, before we get into that, uh, do you want to go ahead and roll right into that, Randy?
2: Well, sure. I mean, okay. yeah, that that would be the next feasible step. In that in, one.
0: In saying that, guys, the 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 story that he is coming up with now is literally the story that got me i had had a, an experience prior earlier in my life but the story that he's fixing to tell now through i had heard through another individual that was a mr hallmark dr hallmark uh, and i did not even know that it was randy and it was so funny because i was listening to a podcast uh back in, probably 6 years ago almost 6 years ago and heard Randy telling about this story and Mr. Hallmark had talked about this story. Well, I reached out to Randy almost two years ago and asked him, I said, was you the one that was in this story? And he said, yes. I said, well, Mr. Hallmark told me about this folks to me. This just gives, even before long, before I knew Randy, I had heard this story through other venues. aaka AKA speaking of Mr. Hallmark and, To me, that just gave more credibility to this story because it is such a unique story. And if I can express to everybody out there, really listen to this one. And it's so funny because this is literally 30 miles from where I was born and raised. It's real close to home to me. And so in saying that, I'm going to let Randy run off with it. This story is what really got me into uh, researching Bigfoot real heavy.
2: Well, as I was saying earlier with the Ridgewater video, I had a friend with me, and his name was Keith and uh, we were we were pretty good buddies and you know we were, we were doing some pretty good research. you know, I don't know about good research. we were just hoping to see one. That's basically the gist of our research just yeah. trying to see one uh, but anyways, but his main area he lived in Paul's Valley, and so he he had spent a lot of time in the Chickasaw Park. Now at the time, uh, it was a gravel road going from the, the Rock Creek area mm-hmm. up to Veterans. I mean, gravel road and lots of pine trees. Since then, they've cleared out all the pine trees, and they put in bear-proof trash cans. So it's changed a lot over the years to, yes. to the detriment of, uh, of Bigfoot uh, needing the cover and stuff that was there prior. Uh, anyways, so... So he had had a lot of activity around Campsite 30, and he told me, he said, that's where we go all the time. He said, I've seen a little one, and he said, I've, I've seen this little one, and he says, I think it has taken a liking to my wife. Now, his wife, bright red hair, and she is loud. Hmm. I mean, so this woman, you talk about uh, Flo from you know the, the TV show Alice. That's 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 what she was like just loud and, you know, red-haired. And so, so you can imagine a, a lot of bigfoots, you know, are reported being red-haired. So there may be something about her hair or whatever that attracted this young one as something as of a curiosity. But anyways, he said one time she got in the car to go to town to get something, and he said that little one went running through the brush and jumped across the road. He said it cleared the whole road. Now the wow. roads down there in that park are little tiny roads. Mm-hmm. They're only one lane. They're not really wide. But he said it jumped from one side to the other into some more brush, and he said the knees were pulled up to its chest as it flew through the air. So you can picture that however you want. At that point, to me, it was just a story because mm-hmm. nothing had happened to me yet. So I didn't really, I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm very skeptical even when even when I trust somebody and they've got a good story to tell. I've I've always been skeptical because I, I know people can be confused and people uh, sometimes embellish things. And a lot of times uh people are on drugs yep. <laughs> and they, alcohol and things. And, and, you know, and so, so I, I don't put a whole lot of face value in somebody's story, but, but I will go spend an exorbitant amount of time in, in an area trying to validate it for myself. And that's what I did here. But anyways, so I, what, I actually took him home from the Kaimichi's. Uh, his wife brought him down there and we stayed for four or five days in the Kainichis. And I was taking him home and I dropped him off. It was February. And it was chilly. And I dropped him off in Paul's Valley. And he told me I had never been to the Chickasaw Park yet. And he said, go to campsite 30s. He said, that's where we go every time and stuff's always happening there. So I went to the Rock Creek Park and I pulled up and immediately I mean, it's, it was like, I don't know, five o'clock. You know, in February, it started to get a little dusk mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, but there was no camp host. There was, there was nobody there. That's and, right, well, that, I was just I mean, going to say know, that, but yeah. I, so, so, but I didn't realize till later how Charles Hallmark's experiments there really played a role in what happened to me. But I'll, I'll get into that later. Yeah. But, uh, so, so here's what happens. I pull around and I go to campsite thirty. I set me up a tent and I set me up a table and I set me up all my, my stuff. And then I leave and I went into town to get me something to eat. So when I come back, it's like seven o'clock. You know, and it's really it's just starting to get you know dark at that point. And uh, I stopped up at the front of the. Uh, it's just it's just a one way road through there where you you go through there with the one way. But uh, so I taped up all these blankets to my windows in the truck and left it to where I could open it up in front of my steering wheel and right at the corner where I could look out the side, the driver's side of the truck. But other than that, all of my windows were taped up with, with duct tape and blankets. And and my reasoning was I had read a report where somebody camping there at the Chickasaw National Park at the Rock Creek uh, went to see a movie somewhere and they came back late at night and when they pulled into their campsite saw something running from their campsite. So in my mind's eye, I thought to myself, clearly they will go into a campsite if it was empty, if they thought it was empty. So I just got to make them think that the campsite's empty. It's really as simple as that. And so that was my plan. And so I pulled through the park and got to my campsite. I never even opened up the door. I just pulled up into my parking spot, which is right alongside the table full of food and the tent, and I shut the truck down. And I already had the parabolic mic on top of the truck with a magnet or tape or something, and, and then the, the headset was inside the with the door shut on the, the cord, and I was just sitting there with my headset on and listening, and uh, I was using little micro-cassette recorders. It was my very first time trying to record stuff, and, and I had the crappiest recorder that you could ever lay your hands on with like <laughs> five-minute, little five-minute cassette tapes, and I was having to flip those suckers over when I started hearing stuff, and the next thing you know, I'm I'm re-recording over ones that was already recorded on and it just, it, just, it was a fiasco. Anyways, uh, but I was able to salvage some of the recordings from that night, uh, and I will share those with, uh, with you, Gary. Wow. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I'm listening and I'm sitting in the truck and I, I was actually eating me some food. And when I, when I do my hiding in the truck, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I had a gun and I had a camera. My my plan was. What's amazing is that I even had a plan that that worked, because so many because so many of our plans don't work. So yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. So odd. It's so it's so odd that I'm talking about. Oh, here's my plan, and 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 it worked. But anyways, my plan was, I'm just gonna. I was just gonna let what if one ever came close. I was just going to turn on my headlights and film it through the windshield. I was never going to – I never intended on opening up my door because I was still afraid. Uh, even though I hadn't seen one yet, my goal was to just film one. And I thought, man, if, if it's walking in front of my truck, I'll just fire – I'll just light it up with the camera rolling through the windshield, and I'll film it. And it'll be the world's greatest video is what I would say say to myself. Well, anyways, so – Here's, here's how things started to unfold a couple hours later as I kind of kicked back in my seat listening. Uh, anybody who listens to a parabolic microphone will understand what I'm telling you that there's a certain cadence to the nighttime sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can easily, you can can easily go to sleep in a tent when you're listening to the different insects and the the wind blowing through the trees and a creek gurgling. It's just a, a very melodic sound that's easy to go to sleep to. But the moment you hear something that's not right, you will immediately wake up because yep. that just it, it stands out like a sore thumb. You're
0: absolutely
1: correct.
2: So that that that's what happened to me for about two hours. I'm just listening to wind blowing through the trees and just the sounds and stuff, and and then all of a sudden I'm hearing something walking. I hear something walking through the leaves, and at this point I don't even know what the park looks like because Campsite 30 is the only place I'd seen. So I don't know how big the park is. I don't know how the trails work. I don't know how the campsites are connected together or anything. I can only tell you what I what I was hearing, and it didn't take long for me to hear a trash can lid being lifted up and put back down on the on the lid. It, they had the um, aluminum trash cans that you could go buy up at Westlake Hardware. Uh, they they didn't have anything special. It was just. Trash cans with a cinder block on each one of them. That's, that's how they took care of their trash there. Uh, but something was going down, and, and, and it, was, it was chilly, and it was February. So something was looking in the trash can and putting the lid back on. And then when I would hear it walk, I could hear it dragging a stick. And, and it made a specific sound of a stick being drugged through gravel. And then when it would step off the gravel, which I learned later was just these gravel paths How yeah. it connected each, each campsite, but it, 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 didn't stay on the gravel. It was walking through the gravel and then back into the leaves. And I would hear that stick dragging constantly being drugged. So it would go from dragging into gravel and then dragging into leaves while I was hearing the footsteps. And then it was, it was actually going to the next trash can and then it, I would hear the next trash can lid pop open and get closed. And, uh, at this point, all I could do is put together the picture in my mind of what I'm hearing, but that was specifically what I was hearing. so in my mind, that is was pretty clear because it was very easy to hear and uh And then I heard my first metal hit, and it took me a minute to figure it out because I waited and I heard the walking and the stick dragging, and then I heard another metal hit and so, in my mind, I'm thinking that's lantern post it's it's tapping the lantern post as it walks by. Really, because I, <laughs> because I would hear it, because I would hear it about every fifteen to twenty seconds, which would mean that's how long it took him to reach the next one. Uh, so, so he was tapping lantern posts, and so I'm still listening to all this going on, and I, and I got to admit, I'm, I'm getting excited because I'm like, Man, there's oh, something yeah. going on here. At, at the very least, it's a person that's doing something that's just not making any sense. Uh, but anyways, so I start peeking through my curtains and I'm looking out and I'm and I'm and I kept thinking to myself and this is another thing that just because of my thought processes I've probably read a thousand reports of Bigfoot encounters and parked cars and and teenagers making out on logging roads and stuff like that and I don't know why I thought that it would come up on the back side of my truck but that's where I was watching because for some reason I thought that at the time I still didn't have any idea that these weren't anything more than animals, but now I know they're much more than animals. So the rear of the vehicle is where the, where I would come up and where yeah. you would come up if you were trying to be sneaky. So that's where he was coming up. Well, anyways, so I'm watching in my side mirror. Right behind my truck was a line of trees that went down to another road before some other campsites, and beyond that was the creek, was Rock Creek. And I'm looking, and I'm looking in through the trees. And there was a full moon that night, so it was very, very bright. You could easily walk without a flashlight. But I'm looking through these trees behind me, and I see this shadowy movement in behind the tree, like something was trying to hide behind the tree. And so I'm watching that spot. And then I see this thing step around the tree with both hands on the side of the tree, look around the tree, and look towards my truck and then duck back behind the tree. Wow. And that's when I, that's when I first saw what looked like a, a human, a person. And I thought to myself, you know, that's either a Bigfoot or a person, because it looks like a person. Yeah. Uh, But at up to that point, there had only been one creature walking through the park with that – dragging that stick and checking out the trash can. And only after thinking about this over and over and over and and going back and forth in my mind, I think it was the little one. Because the behaviors would tell me it was behaving like a little one would – uh, carefree, yeah. like it really didn't care, like it really didn't want to be there but Dad told him to so he's doing his job but he just, you know, he's still trying to play with the stick. Uh, and you think that's the one me, that was
0: behind your truck? The, the, the little one? Yes,
2: yes. I, even yeah. though I had no size reference. Yeah. There's no way I could tell you what size it was. I could just tell you what it looked like and it looked like a person because I don't know where it, where what size it was because I had yeah. nothing to compare it to. But what happened next was it hit the tree with the stick, just like a tree knock that we would always anticipate when we're out when we hear tree knocks. This was the first and only time I heard a tree knock. Everything that he hit before them was the metal lantern posts. Wow! So this was this was the first and only time he hit a tree, and I immediately heard some sloshing coming across Rock Creek, and he was joined by a second. <laughs> so, so. That means hitting the lantern post never brought the second Bigfoot across the creek, but hitting the tree did. That means they had to discuss it. They had to discuss what. That if you find any, if you find anything that I need to come over for, or if you find any food in the trash can, which is basically what he was looking for, if you find any food, hit a tree and I'll come over. That had that has to be because that's the way it worked out. That has to be what happened. Anyway. So I'm still watching that spot, because, and, and I hadn't seen the second one yet. I'd only seen that first one, look around the tree, and then I heard the tree hit, and then the one come across the creek. But I didn't see anything else, but I'm watching that spot because that's where he was at. So I'm watching that spot, and then I start getting those hoops. Something started hooting, and it sounded like an owl, but mm-hmm. not quite. And and oh, I recorded seven, 17 of them in about two minutes.
1: They, really? they were doing
2: like every, every five or six seconds, you'd hear another one. And I've got a clip of about seven or eight of them I'll send you from that record from one of those micro cassettes that I was able to retrieve. Uh, where, and that was that night of them before wow. they stepped out. And, and so after they did that 17 times, it stopped and I'm still watching that spot. And that's when they both come out and the big one was in the lead. And he was hunched over, swinging his arms, just swaying back and forth. But he was moving at a pretty pretty good clip to get from the trees to the back corner of my truck in a straight B line. He went straight for that back corner, which put the truck directly between him and the tent. But he didn't know I was there watching. I, yeah. And that's when I saw his full body. The little one was actually bumping into him. They were bumping into each other. The little one was staying with him
1: flanking him on his right side
2: but bump bump it but as soon as they got to the back corner of the truck the little one moved in behind the tailgate I never saw him again but then again I never saw the big one again either because the I thought he was going to come down the side he had his hands on the racks and moved to the side of the truck and I thought he was coming down the side of the truck and that's when I was at my most panicked. so I I I let the blankets close and I didn't even close them fast I kind of let them fall together because I wanted it to look natural I didn't Mm -hmm. want them to I didn't want anything to look like I was there and I just kind of rolled in behind my A post and I just, I was all basically sucking my thumb at that point. Oh yeah. Trying to, yeah. And, and, and then, you know, the whole story after that is, uh, the, the truck squatted where he climbed on the yeah. back and was, was digging through, digging through the, the gear that I had in the back of the truck. So as crazy as it sounds, I, even though I was panicked, when I, especially when I thought he was coming down to the driver's side, of the cab, yeah. which I, I don't know what I had have done. Uh, but, but the moment I knew that he was in the, I thought he was in the back of the truck. I'm not going to say he was on the bumper because I didn't, I didn't know that till the next morning. Yeah. But when my trucks, when my truck squatted down, I actually thought he was in the bed of my truck. And so, so for that moment, I thought, okay, oh well at least I know where he's at. He's, he's back there because I hear him rummaging through all the, sh- the stuff in the back of my truck. I hear him moving stuff around. Like they're looking for something. And, and, uh, uh, the next day I, I find where he turned my generator over that I had sitting back there, turned the generator over and just, just rummaged through some of my Tupperware containers that had camping supplies. And then I heard them when they were back there, I, I heard, I had two little green propane tanks Here we go, folks, Right by here. The, <laughs> by the tail, by the tailgate in, in the back right corner. And through their moving of stuff, something must have hit those two propane tanks because they clanked together, and you know, I heard them go clank, and everything stopped. And then I heard clank, 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 like like they were doing it with their fingers, clack, clacking them together with their fingers. And so I'm trying to decipher what I'm hearing, even though I'm not seeing it. And uh, but eventually. I don't hear any more noises back there, and and I, and, I, and he gets off the truck or whatever, and I, but I still think he's around. So, but I don't know where. Yeah. And I and I certainly and I actually thought that my plan was working. I thought they're going to come around to the front of the truck because why would they not? I mean, I, I kept thinking this is going to work, man. They're they're going to come to the front of the truck. They're going to walk away because they came in from the rear. So why would they not leave from the front and? And 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 I'm going to hit the headlight, and I'm going to get them both. That's what I was thinking, you know, throughout all my other thinking. Yeah. But they never, but they never came up there. They they eventually just moved on, and I didn't know it because I just thought they were around somewhere until I heard the metal post getting hit again. But to me, I thought it was the the lantern post because it made the same sound. Yeah. Uh. But but clearly they had taken. I didn't know till the next day that they took the two little green tanks. So I'm thinking, I mean, it could have been him using the stick and hitting the lantern post again, but more than likely it was him clanking the two tanks together because it made the same metal sound.
0: Yeah. I know you've been down this road before, but I have to do it. Uh, just a couple of questions. What year was that when that happened?
2: That was in 2006.
0: 2006. Okay. um, How far do you think the tree line was from where you've seen it peeking around the side of the tree to the back of your truck?
2: I'm going to say 30, 40 feet.
0: 30, 40 feet. And I know you said you had some.
2: Because because, because when you the, the kind of drives that they have for you to pull into your campsite is a shaped. Yes. So you pull in there and you can pull up alongside of your tent. Mm-hmm. So I was pulled up in there, so it would have been on the other side of the beginning of that U-shaped yeah. drive-in part parking.
0: Spot. I know those camping spots real well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you said you had a rack on your truck. Uh, that yes, was that the current truck you have now?
2: Uh, yes, it was a gray truck that I've got now. It was it was a two thousand four, but I actually yeah. bought it brand new in two thousand five, yeah. so no. it was pretty new at the time. Yeah, the folks uh, in saying yeah, this, I this is ladder- a
0: four wheel drive Ford three quarter ton. Correct. Yeah,
2: and I had I had ladder racks on the on the back, and what's amazing is you often hear people with a, a good story about seeing a bigfoot and not really having a good size reference because uh, you know, oh, yeah, I yeah. saw it you know where tree. I'm going with so this, then.
1: Go
0: ahead.
2: <laughs> so this this branch was so high, and so, so still people are guessing a lot of the weight. Yes. But fortunately for me, I he was standing right there with his hands on my racks. And, and looking over my rack at at the tent area. So so I had an exact – something I could measure against his height. Uh-huh. So I, I, So I was really happy about that. So the next day when I'm out there looking around the next morning and I see the smudge marks on the bumper, which showed me these dirty – these dirt smudge marks on my bumper was probably where he stood when he was digging through the stuff in the back of my truck, which means he was just standing on the bumpers and l- leaning over the racks, digging through the stuff okay. in the back. Okay, so this was big the big
0: was. one. This was not the little one.
2: I'm assuming it was the big one because when I think of him standing on the, when I see him standing on the the bumper, that would put his hips at about the part where he could lean over and on dig the through the stuff in the back of the truck. So and so if, if the... but anyway, so when I saw him standing next to my truck, I was able to measure the ladder racks and from the ground. To the top of those lap racks was seven foot even.
1: Okay, and exactly. he was,
2: and he was neck and head taller okay. than the top of my lap. That's
0: that's what I was I was going to ask you. So you're probably he's he's you know uh, nine nine and a half foot then.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to say at least eight and a half,
1: yeah. maybe
2: nine. But you know, I, I had a good look at his shoulder and his hands when he put his hand on the side post. Uh, I saw his thumb in mm-hmm. the upward position. Uh, as he was grasping it, his back hand was across the lateral post uh, on the back of the truck. So I didn't get a good look at that hand, but the side one, I saw he had a thumb on the upper side. Uh, and I saw the light, the moonlight coming through the, sh- the hair on his shoulders and they were incredibly massive like bowling balls. Well, and and uh,
0: in, in saying that, uh, I wanted a, a little thing that they taught us in interviewing, interviewing school and college. It's called a, a retention, mental retention on in an interview. When you said that his thumb was on the upward position, do you happen to remember? Uh, could you tell where it was laterally on his hand? Was it
1: like farther forward that, or farther back? That, that I know I'm asking a, a lot.
2: To, <laughs> uh, I I can tell you, their hand looked like a human hand and just in, just wet grasp the side post. Yeah. But if you, if, if you want me to give you any more details yeah. than that. It's and in and I, it.
0: I know I'm asking a lot because there's so much, you, I mean, your senses are literally getting an overload in this. I know they was with me. Uh How about the broadness? How broad was his, was his shoulders compared? Now he was standing at the back of your truck at the tailgate, correct? hey everybody, I'm going to cut it off right there being kind of ornery. I know he's right in the middle of a, of one of his great stories. In doing that, I'm hoping that it brings everybody back for next week. Uh, if it aggravates you that I cut it off there, I do apologize, but this podcast was recording session was a, over three hours long, so I had to find a uh, halfway point to cut it, you know, so we can sort of split it up. And it was so hard finding a good place because he has so much information. Mr. Randy, you've done great so far, so much information, and, and we just got to flowing, and it was hard to find it. But I, I cut it there being kind of honorary, so we could get everybody back in next week. I do want to say thank you for everybody that's on to listen to this and that is listening to this, this being my pilot episode. It's just going to get better from here. We're still working on branding. We're working on a bunch of stuff. We've got a lot of things in the works. We've got a lot of episodes lined out coming up in the future, and they're just going to get better as time goes. I wanted to say thank you to Mr. Randy for this first amount of time. Uh, This whole session was, was, was great. I hope everybody comes back next week and listens to the second part of this, and then the following week for the third part of this. It, it, to me, this was an enthralling conversation, and it, he, put, we put, he put so much evidence out there. We will be posting the, we have some audio clips that will be in the recording, but I'm also going to post pictures and stuff in the video format, and you'll hear us talk about that here in a little bit uh, in the next week's episode. In saying that, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for what you do for me, for what you do for my family. Even my old hound dog thanks you. My old co-host back here, he's back here sleeping. But uh, I will hope that y'all come back next week. And if you do have a story you would like to get out there with us, you can contact us at Paranormal Porch Podcast on Facebook.com. Here shortly, we will have a website up and running, and I will give you. I will post the uh, links to that. I would give it to you now, but I don't have it quite completed. This has been kind of a crazy last week or so. You can also contact us through uh, via phone, and it is posted on the Facebook page. So, and folks, if you do not want your, if you want to post your story, but do not want to have your identity out there, let me know, and we'll. I can. We can mask your voice. We can change your name. Do whatever we want to do. If you have a story, no matter how crazy it is, no matter what it covers, if it's a crazy story, contact us. We'll we'll evaluate it and put it out there. If you have pictures, if you have anything, let us know, and we'll we'll put you out there. We're just beginning this thing, and we're needing everybody's help that we can get. And once again, I want to say thank you, guys. Uh, I, this has been. A great experience for me and I hope it is for everybody else and that I'm gonna say signing off and we'll see you next week thank you